Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today we're listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and Phil and Charlotte from HE Creative. I've interviewed Phil before on the show, and this time I got to meet them in person. Down in their studio in Burnham on Crouch, which is a nice little village in England. Fun fact, their studio is actually based inside a train station. Yep, actually inside the train station. This episode is brought to you by Awesome Merchandise. There's a link down in the description for them. And as I say every episode, if you're enjoying the show, please just share it around on the social media tag, at Creative Waffle. Leave a review on iTunes or buy a ticket to our event in November, November the 15th, 2019 in London. We're doing a live event, can't wait for it. Uh, so get, get tickets down in the description. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast of Phil and Charlotte. So, yeah, I don't really have an introduction, so welcome to the podcast. This is it. Nice to see you in person. Oh, it's lovely to see you in person. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Why do you, you, you... Actually, I guess, I guess for people who don't know, it's uh, HE Creative. Uh, do you call yourself he creative or not? Hey, just hey, no, you. Generally, hey, uh, but recently yeah. people keep calling us he. Yeah. So yeah, the Americans call us he. He creative. Yeah, someone had a go at us, didn't they? The other he day. Man. He someone man. Uh, sent us a message saying you do all this feminist art and promotion of women, but you called he creative, and I was like, well, they got a point. We're not. <laughs> and he was like, how am I supposed to know that? I was like, well, because it's how Edwards in the bio there, and he was like. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like He Man, but yeah, Americans say H E. He Creative, it doesn't matter. Fair enough. But, um, I don't know what we're supposed to introduce ourselves like. Yeah, I guess introduce ourselves, yeah. Who are you? You can go first. Oh, well, I'm Phil. Phil's been on the podcast. Right? Yeah, was a star of Star of the show. <laughs> um, yeah. Most downloaded episode. Yeah. Best episode. Top numbers. Highest rated, most subscribers. Most shared. Yeah, most shared episode. Just talked about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> illustrator extraordinaire. Most commented on. Commenting. Everything. I'm Charlotte. Uh, the silent member of Who Created. I do exist. I am here. I'm real. You're the only one that's showing your face on social media. I know. That wasn't my choice. So yeah, she's model. Stuff. I didn't think my face was gonna go on it, and I was fully expecting like several thousand of unfollows to happen <laughs> that day. But people were nice. Actually, so. our most, one of the most increasing followers from posts. All right, that we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, we gained like a hundred new followers that day. There you go. I think because of our name, um, and because of the style of Phil's work, people tend to assume we're one man yeah and whenever people like <laughs> speak about our work it says oh he does this and he does that so i think yeah if you think look at your website you could probably get that yeah because it's on the website it's obviously about page and everything but yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's difficult i think yeah also like i guess it's just difficult of who's behind any instagram account yeah yeah it's true it's yeah, a bit of a um, bit of an anonymous thing mm. instagram it could be yeah it could be anyone well, we consciously try not to talk about ourselves on there, or generally don't put pictures of ourselves up, or we hide our faces if we do. It's more about the work than about us as people. Yeah. Um, but I guess we're trying to be more personable recently. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's just, I think... Um... People generally don't want to see us. Yeah. They just want to see the dog. Yeah, the dog and the work. Who <laughs> he's cares? He's more popular. Who cares who's making the work? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what does Mr. Cabbage look like? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. What does Mr. Kipling look like? Mr. Coke. <laughs> Mr. Coke, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Exactly. Coke. 
Yeah. So you, you talked about uh, having the like, big corporations not having a face as well. So they, then you say you don't like that. Is it different when it's like a smaller studio then? So yeah, you don't really show your face. That's a good point because we always talk about how we don't like big corporations are faceless and it's nice, especially yeah. when you're spending money with people you want to know who they are and who the people behind it are and who you're supporting. Yeah. Um, but we don't do that ourselves. That's very hypocritical. Yeah, that is go. very hypocritical. It is. That's the word of today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's very, it's surprising that anybody would care. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Like, we're still, we're, we're very new to having fans right. versus clients. So, like... Because your social media is probably mainly, were it punk fans following you, or...? Yeah, yeah. punk fans. Yeah, fans of the bands that we work with. And then those fans have become our fans of our work. Mm. And that's bizarre to us. But it's it's very weird. It's weird to be... At a festival or a show and be with a band and then the person who's come to meet this legendary you know musician also then wants to meet us yeah know your, knows your work or gets yeah. something signed so that's weird so it's weird that anyone would care who we are because we're used to it's still new it's all it's new and yeah. weird and I was going to adjust these, these microphones because I can get them to get, can get them uh, to relax so I can actually make them taller <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cheers. Put them towards your face, and that'd be great. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of the cheap ones. <laughs> <laughs> I like these. Though. They're, I, I'm surprised. They're, they're really good for the quality. Yeah, for the, yeah, yeah. Sorry for the price. The quality's all right. I think they're about seven pounds. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, sounds good as long as we're still recording. But yeah, um, I don't know because we've talked about it all. The thing is, we've done <laughs> we talked about so much. So you kindly bought me lunch as well, uh, and and you've taken me out, and you've, you've, we've been here for three hours or so already, which, which is fantastic. No, no, I was thinking we don't have anything to talk about because we talked about it all. But um, I guess because you, you said before the podcast, talk about the podcast tour. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, we're here. I mean. I don't really know what you want to talk about. Well, do you have any questions about the studio? Yeah, studio. Yeah, so can I, talk me about through the, the pictures on the wall. I think you can just see them in the video. So you've got... Oh, I can't read that Signed. It's, sorry, I'm just going to have to talk because I can't turn we my have, head away. <laughs> this is our wall of fame. Um, we've worked with a few uh, celebrity clients from when we first started the business years ago. Um, and Phil said earlier, but the funny thing about working with famous people is that when you're done they'll tend to send you some kind of signed photo um so we've started so you get paid, you're paid as well though right yeah, 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 yeah. just a signed photo sometimes sure. just a signed photo sure um so we started hanging them up um and it's fun because people come in and they're like oh what's that about um or we had i had a client come in a couple of months ago um from He's Australian, he works for a uh, company in Essex that makes like uh, external pagodas for uh, restaurants and things. It's, okay. it's, it's very boring. <laughs> uh, but he's Australian and he had like a really weird link to one of the people on our wall. 
And it was just like, it constantly blows our mind how small the world is and how everybody seems to know each other. So he mm. was like friends with someone who's friends with someone on there and he'd worked with them. And this is like stuff we've done years ago. And it's just crazy that everybody knows each other. Mm. And even this like tiny business that we're working with knows this like insane celebrity. It's just, it's crazy. Um, Are we allowed to name them? To... Oh yeah. So oh. we have uh, Pharrell Williams, which is the first, the first job? Like the and first like, big, first oh no, job. sorry, Kanye West was like the first celebrity client that Phil had back when he was running the business by himself um, years and years ago. And then from that work, we worked with Pharrell Williams, um, which was crazy. We're big fans of both of them. Um, we did some work with Kevin Smith, who's one of our favourite directors. Um, and then we worked with uh, Seth MacFarlane, who produced some posters for uh, Carson Krugus for a film that he made a few years ago. Um, he did a similar thing with Anne Hathaway in the film she made with Rebel Wilson last year. Um, we've also worked with Amy Winehouse a long time ago and the Amy Winehouse Foundation um, and Virgin Holidays. And then one of the very first bands that she'll ever worked with was Gallows, which is hiding behind um, the record player there. Which is which, fascinating because yeah. Most people listening to this wouldn't know who Gallows are, mm. but Frank, the lead singer of Gallows, is now Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, who are like a Radio 1 yeah. band. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. You know, like, big albums. They were, like, third from headlining Reading yeah. earlier this month. And we, through the work we do now, we work um, regularly in contact regularly with a band called The Distillers, who were, like, our favourite band growing up. Um... And they invited us to Reading, so we're at Reading in the VIP area. And then Frank is just wandering around, and we're like, "Oh, you're right, Frank." And he's like, "Remember us, you know." And was bizarre, but even more bizarre than that was our old um, design teacher from our foundation course. One of the teachers from there was also on the guest list, right, for Reading. So we were in this weird triangle for the same band that we were for the same. Yeah, so we were in this weird triangle of this new band that we work with. The first ever band I worked with, and my uni tutor who That's I really strange. worked with when I was doing those posters for Gallops. Yeah. So they like was like this trisector of people mm. that it kind was... of changed our lives because it's like the tutor that inspired you, the first band that took a chance on you, and now this band that most of our social media followings because of the Stillers. Mm. So it's Crazy. It was really crazy, Cause but crazy. it's like back to what I'm saying. The world is so small. Everybody knows each other, and everyone has worked with someone who's worked with someone, and it's yeah, it's really crazy. It's weird because you were doing that like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you are very old. But it's strange years that ago. like the connection that that has with what we're doing now. Yeah, really strange. It's crazy. So. We're very excited to proudly put a yeah. creative waffle poster up. Yeah, yeah, let's put it over the top. Uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> you got a nice poster over there, Creative Waffle Podcast Tour. Um, it's going to go right over the top of everything. Yeah, I'll just take the Kanye one home and you just... You've <laughs> uh, obviously been inspired by music and uh, looking around the office, there's lots of other stuff uh, like Star Wars and just cultural stuff from your childhood and mm -hmm. you just carry it through to now working with it now yeah so how, how does that sort of inspire you does, is it 
beneficial having it around you whilst working. Yeah, we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Having toys to play with and stuff to look at. Um, it's really weird because it's got like a kind of a free prong thing. Like, it's really lovely to see like, you know, Kermit the Frog or someone <laughs> because you look at like the concept of that being a drawing from someone's imagination one day to a cultural icon, yeah. which is incredible. But you can also play with the to- like play with the toys and be like connect yourself back to childhood mm. like with fiddling with stuff but then also as a real practical thing today we sent an animal pins to press and i got a load out of a drawer to measure them mm. so you yeah. can see like if you're making something like how big it's actually going to be which sounds really stupid but we were working on a vinyl figure the other day and just to have pops and things around and be able to like look at them and study it and measure it it helps. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's a good point. Having a little, yeah, that's, I guess that's why Aaron Druckmann does so well with all his little collections. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to have like the stuff you can look at and uh, see, compare to your own stuff and uh, get ideas from. I think as well for us, it's really important to have a space to work in where we're comfortable and having like home comforts around and stuff mm. that like we've grown up knowing is, it's comforting, but. This year in particular as well, our work style has changed to be a lot more nostalgic. So it's kind of necessary for us to have these kind of things around to evoke those feelings that further inspire our work. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't think about that nostalgic thing and being comfort around your, in your office, having a, having being relaxed and sort of feeling like feeling at home, like you say. Because like, it's like a play, like a... Playground, like a child's den in here. That's what it is. It's like, yeah. a, like a little playground. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like so the cool. playroom we always wanted as kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about that having, now, now we're adults, now you have money to do things you couldn't do as a kid. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's got that. Do you ever watch, um, do you know Adam Savage? The guy that does like the, he's like, he does Mythbusters. He, myth he was like, he's oh. like geek, but he makes these awesome cosplays. Yeah, and, I've heard of him. Yeah. Like replica weapons and all this stuff. And his workshops are huge inspiration because he he doesn't throw anything away. And he always talks about having things at hand. Mm. And someone came in, was talking to us, one of the new artists in the studio, and was looking at my trolley of stuff over there and saying like, "Oh, do you use all this stuff?" And like paints and inks and things. I'm like, "Well, no, but you know what? Like sometimes I do. Yeah. And it's really nice to have it like just there. Whereas like, what's the like a lot of digital artists just have digital stuff but then what's mm. the other option like wait a day on Amazon to get something sent to you but like it's all just stuff I've had kind of collected since like college days and it's just keep it store it neatly tight. like you you said when you came in everything's got like a place yeah exactly and just store it all neatly like there's thousands of little like children's books like the little ladybird books are all like yeah. these they're ours from our childhood but they're a great reference to look at, like a retro illustration, and it saves like going on Google or going down the charity shops and find mm. texture. It's all just there, and just as long as you keep this mess organised, it doesn't really get um, too on top of us. It's not messy, is it? In, in a way, I, mean, it's, I don't think it's as messy. It's very organised and put Thank in place. You. Thank you. Yeah, it's organised clutter. <laughs> but if you, you organised it, like you all done it before I came here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was all over the place beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So is there any tips to, oh, first of all, actually, we should mention that you're based in a train station. Yeah. <laughs> we are, yeah. We are like, based in a train station. Li- yeah, literally in a train station, as yeah, in a spare office. We're in a train coming shortly. Yeah. We're in 
the old station master's bedroom. Okay. It's a Victorian station master's house. So, oh. yeah, so we're in his bedroom. But why why do you pick a staying train station to base yourself out of? Well, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't necessarily <laughs> pick it. Right. So it's um, a lottery-funded creative space, and there's four artist studios. And we were lucky enough to be offered this mm. one. Yeah, let's we'll let's go with we were offered it. Yeah, sure. we asked the council if we could have it. We hounded them. Yeah, we hounded them, and they said sure because it's four minutes from our house, and it's it's great. I mean, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but the light in this room is the yeah. most incredible light ever. We bought a full rig recently to take product photos of our books and things. That's nice big And we don't there. use it yeah, because yeah. this table is and at like golden hour or like if the sun's out, it's the lighting in here is incredible it's like second it's to none but it's also it's so convenient especially we have clients come and they get the train and they're right here yeah yeah that's great. a good point they get lost or anything exactly. yeah it's going to the, the station no it's nice and you get to watch the trains come in and out all day which is fun yeah yeah nice. I just noticed there's a Daniel Agar figure up there. <laughs> <laughs> he's the, the true love of my life. <laughs> he's got some cool tattoos. He, yeah, he's a tattooist. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. He runs a shop in Denmark. I'd love to get a tattoo from Daniel Agar. So would I. <laughs> Should That's we go take a, a trip there? A life goal. Do you yeah. think you'll go off injured halfway it. through it? Yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> nice. That's not funny. Football jokes. Football banter. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so is it, you got any tips on creating stuff? Because obviously it didn't just turn up like this. Like you, you've you've curated it into your own place, your own happy place. Yeah, it took time. Well, when time. when we took it over, um, the person that had it before us was actually a counsellor, and they used it like on a monthly basis. So it was empty. There was like a, a coffee table and two armchairs, um, and we thought we can't really work here. This is horrible. It's very sterile. So I think the first thing we did was put up shelves, uh, put stuff on the walls. Yeah, yeah. One of the key things is like one a good bit of advice is the side the camera can't see looks like we've had it custom built because it's it is just shelves that go to Charlotte's desk yeah, and it fits yeah. perfectly. But what the key to that is just measure your space and then look at all the different IKEA furniture and do the math to add up stuff that makes the sum of it and then screw it all together. So that. Is like loads of different shelves. Good point. Just I, I've only just noticed actually that like, is all different types of shelves. Yeah, yeah. Different shelves. It just looks like we've it cut, custom built for the office. No, yeah. we've just. And then the shelves are separate floating shelves put on the walls. So it's. So we've been in here about fourteen months, and it's changed. Just yeah, the layout when we first moved here, we've continually moved it, um, added things, taken things away until it yeah, works for us. So we recently put a new desk in so that we have a desk for packing and, and that's shipping gonna change orders. this weekend. And we're going to change that this weekend to be more efficient for us. Because since moving in here, our business has completely changed. Yeah, We're a completely different company than when we started. So now we have all this stock that we have to yeah. look yeah, after and, and all the shipping that we have to um, put out. I mean, that's a day's worth of orders. Nice. Just sat there, which is ridiculous. So when you've got you know, we're getting like fifty odd orders a day. Yeah, we need to be more organised yeah. of things. Yeah, um, organised stuff. But it's just that continually trying to evolve the space and make it suit us and our work as that's evolving as well. Mm. But 
It's exciting. It's a lot of trips to IKEA. We have a, a number of charity shops here in Burnham and Phil likes to go on walks every lunchtime and will regularly come back with new and exciting products <laughs> from said charity shops and now we have to rearrange everything to find space for those things. Oh yeah, oh, we should go out, we should go so to the frog now. He recently bought this thing called the frog band, which right. is like a... It's, it's a band made I can't of show you it because frogs. you won't get um you'll get like a and copyright they, you play flag. music and they dance yeah. I'll show you after yeah. the podcast I'll show you the frog band maybe it's, I'll put a I'll put a video of it on our when you drop this episode I'll put a video of it on our Instagram Sounds it's good. incredible but it's, yeah it's, it's incredible space, it's the funniest like. thing you ever see um but as well our dog comes to work with us so it's like we're constantly in uh between a rock and a hard place of trying to find places to put things where it still looks nice and it's still accessible to us but where my dog's not going to eat it <laughs> because he has unbelievably so expensive taste and will only chew up did. nice things like he's gone through about three of Phil's Apple pencils already Ooh, yeah. but won't touch anything Ouch. cheap so. yeah pair of Ray-Bans yeah. the um, what Charlotte's trying to say I think is you want to get your studio closer to an Ikea further away from a charity shop yeah it's <laughs> the key that's the advice yeah yeah that's good advice yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think there's no point I, I don't think there's any point having a space that is what you think it should be you should just have things that make you happy and things that make you feel productive and encourage you to work because oh, like we spend so much time here yeah. I wouldn't want to be Those here if it wasn't sitting here are really annoying why because they're not white like the rest of the furniture <laughs> getting new shows I mean they're not changing <laughs> yeah. expensive but I just looked at them and thought that's annoying might paint them those were the picture frames they do go with the it picture does. frames yeah they were in our old office they were on the chalkboard wall uh, that makes sense so they were black yeah and they came over from the old office all this furniture was weirdly most of this was in the most old office most of this was somewhere else and it fit perfectly in there as well so you can, yeah, just chop, chop and change stuff, and don't be afraid to screw IKEA furniture together, because it, it's fine. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I tell you a really good tip for anyone building an office: if you're going to put vinyl onto an IKEA bookshelf, right. you want to add extra screws into the shelves from the outside. Because the other day I took a record. Well, we don't. We listen to music all the time, but we barely will put a record on because it's an effort. And I pulled one out yesterday and realised the whole shelf was like gone. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. I had to do some some fixing. IKEA hacking. IKEA hacking, and you that. can see from here, which sadly the viewers can't, the bowing of the bookshelves. Yeah, that's a good point actually. Sign bookshelves. You need to pick a sturdy bookshelf. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it just looks like that's going to go any minute. I'll do. I'll, at the end of the podcast, I'll for the video listeners, I'll pan around and show everyone. Um, if I'm allowed to. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Pointed that out. Give any other questions about the stuff in here? Yeah, I get. I guess. Have you got anything else about that? I don't know, I was just trying to look around and pick something. So, have you got any weird stories? What's the weirdest thing you've got in here? Oh, the weirdest oh. stuff. It's a really cool place. I mean, it's all kind of weird, isn't it? There's so much stuff in here. Um, I have a prayer candle to Anthony from Queer Eye, because I love him. <laughs> That's a bit weird. We have an amazing skateboard. Mike Bellini, um, who we went to visit in California recently, which is really nice. Yeah, that's the, probably the coolest thing. Um, Punk Garfield is pretty weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> my, honestly, it's 99% weird crap. Like charity shops. Thing. 
feel like to buy things that scare me. So there's a lot oh, of that odd clown mug. puppets yeah, weird. and horrible clown mugs as well. <laughs> yeah, the Satan puppet on my desk is um, is like up on the big board. He's pretty amazing. He was um, part of a set from a Punch and Judy puppet show. All right. And the charity shop wouldn't sell me him alone. So Why? I don't know. Good. But the Punch and Judy set was two pounds. So I bought the whole set and then gave them back. All of them <laughs> apart from the devil. <laughs> I don't even know what the devil has to do with Punch and Judy. I, I have no idea. But I've never seen it in a Punch and Judy show. It's so creepy. Yeah. Uh, my lightsaber next to it. Yeah. There's a lot, <laughs> obviously a lot of Star Wars related. Lots of Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Which is always a real shock to people. We don't really, I don't think we promote a lot of Star Wars on our Instagram. No. <laughs> particularly. Um, but we have so much Star Wars stuff. Yeah, you do. Um, a huge um, part of our lives. I just think I think this would be a cool place for design. It's just like well, like you are. You know, he's just sort of coming here and you think, wow, there's so much cool stuff, and you look around and try and find a little oh, bit. I tell you what, the coolest thing is up on the top bookshelf in this yeah. little red box with Mickey Mouse on. Yeah. Our next door studio neighbour, Kitty, uh, she gave us that. It's a Mickey Mouse soap from the 1930s in that box. Mickey Mouse soap. Yeah, yeah it's like shaped like Mickey. From like the. It's like one of the first ever things that they Disney licensed, wow. and she just gave it to us, and we think it's worth it. It's, I mean, fair it's potentially money, probably worth thousands, wow. and it's in mint condition, <laughs> just wrapped up in there. Well, is that a Walt Disney signed book as well, or um, sign just above the the red box? Oh no, that's just his um, autobiography. Oh, we do have it's at home. We should have it in here. We do have a signed picture of Walt. Wow. We do. Yeah. You're big into your signed pictures. I like that. we try and get like it's a shame because the record cover we did the guy never signed it sadly but we do if we do something and get it made in like a physical thing like if we do Mm. a book for a client or a CD or whatever not that anyone does CDs anymore but a vinyl record we do ask them to send us a signed copy of it yeah I think it's cool to keep because it is nice to have it yeah Um, and a lot of people offer it up but it's yeah, it's really nice to have like your finished thing, mm. and then get the band or whoever you work with to sign your things. Like yeah, it's like validation or something. Yeah, so. it's really cool. It's really nice to see in, on that shelf as well as the books we've done. Yeah, we've been getting all the bands in them to sign. Yeah, so we've yeah. got like a copy that's like. Correct. Someone said the other day we should auction it to charity, and I was like, "Come on." Maybe if you did two of them. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give it away. We can't give it away. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, travelled around the world with them. But they're, yeah, that's cool. they're pretty cool. So, obviously, personal work is a big thing of you as well. Obviously, you've done a lot of personal work. You're selling more and more of it yeah. now. What's What sort of inspired the personal work? Because not every design has to do personal work. Some people just, you know, they do client work and they think, oh, I've had enough, and then yeah. that's it. <laughs> money. Personal work makes more money. We have okay. found it does for us. Which, it... All kind of started at the start of this year. Um, for the last like five six years, we've been running a business. It's all been very client focused, um, very corporate, not us at all. Um, and then at the start of this year, something just kind of clicked, and we thought, "Why are we doing this? Why aren't we doing things that we enjoy doing?" Mm. Just I mean, we work all day every day. Why aren't we doing stuff that we care about? Um, so we started just making work that's more personal to us, 
more authentic to who we are as people um, and that seems to resonate with people and that's grown us a much bigger following than we've ever had before um, which in turn has turned into making physical products which has been awesome for us and we've been treating ourselves as our own client which is exciting and new Mm. Um, it's been challenging but in a way that's pushed us to continually produce things um, and to expand kind of our horizons and our vision of things and that's led to us doing crazy things like working with people we really admire yeah um but being able to be ourselves in doing that and it's yeah it's kind of transformed everything we've been doing as well as our whole lives really and it's become much more authentic to us as people it means like we can go to meetings now just how we are comfortable yeah. we're not in yeah. suits hiding yeah. our tattoos and things um, is that something you did at the start you hid your tattoos yes. yeah definitely yeah. I still have a couple of clients that I wear like long sleeves and yeah. because they're old fashioned and they expect different things yeah. but now it's nice because we can be ourselves and be comfortable in who we are because people are hiring us because of who we are not because of the work that we're doing necessarily um, it's a combination of the two because we're being so much more authentic to ourselves now um, which is great and people have been unbelievably supportive <laughs> yeah that's the crazy thing yeah it's yeah. it's wonderful it's um, incredible to think of the difference between how people skew personal work to client work and like the drive to get client work which I guess comes from like wanting validation mm. from people to, that you're good but when when you're like you're doing client work or whatever you know your hustle <clears throat> mentality i guess um around it but doing this stuff um you know we've been doing what we want and like the, i was thinking the other day like the craziest thing this year like you know we went out to la to meet with all these like people that we've looked up to our entire lives yeah we had we ended up we can say this comment like we slept at Jen uh, Finch from L7 like she's a legend like we stayed at her house she was like yeah come and stay at my house uh, and we're like okay this is it was bizarre enough that you talked to us but yeah. just like invited us at your house we went out and had dinner with Toby Morse and BJ Pappas at uh, Crossroads or Melrose which is a vegan restaurant run by um, Tal who is like you know well-renowned vegan chef, but also Travis Barker from Blink-182, mm. like, owns the restaurant. And we're in there, in, like, a corner booth, having this talk to two legends of their industry, surrounded by these A-list elite, off the back of the personal work. Yeah. So the reward in validation is actually higher in personal work because you're putting yourself out of a... You're taking yourself out of a service industry and into a peer level. So it's then easier to get client work from the personal work rather than you it's easier to kind of get, gain respect and notoriety in what you're doing because you've become an authority quicker whereas when you're trying to get the client work you can only there's not far you can't really progress further than kind of like a bottom feeder okay up that chain so if you look at someone like Draplin i would say like he's famous for his personal work isn't he yeah, yeah, he is. I think 
or anyone, anyone in that position, mm. their personal work probably is what you know them for. And then clients want that. Mm. So they make themselves the client. And when you when we started thinking that way, it just opened up a freedom to be like, oh, yeah, well, we don't have to wait for someone to say, let's do a book. We could just do it. I and, think that was the big step, was yeah. believing in what we were doing because it was what we wanted to do rather than what mm. we thought we should be doing or what someone else was telling us. But then to it do. does help because it's not, to not make it sound like what me and Mark were talking about earlier, like you get to a point where you're like, well, we have success, why doesn't everyone do this? We did have massive help from Toby, Brody from the Distillers, Pete from Sick of It All. Getting and the word out there, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And not really... that we asked them to, no, but, but we were championed by people with a following and people with notoriety. Yeah, but because they liked what we were doing. And oh. we were only doing that because we were trying to be more authentic to who we are and our interests. And I think that naturally leads you to find other people with the same interests as you who want to know you, basically. Yeah. It's what's really weird about it is these people shared our work and we were too scared to tag them in stuff when we were posting it. Mm. And they found it through their fans, sending it to them, or just through, like, Toby found us through the Explore page. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, absolutely crazy. And, like, you know, it's life-changing. But, yeah, it's, you know, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, just drop all your clients and do what you want. And yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the answer. Well, I guess an example of it would be me doing all the football stuff. I'm trying to do more football design work, football illustration work. And it's, uh, yeah, something that I, I'm, definitely into I'm definitely liking football work I'm something I've been grow, growing up with supporting football teams and I'm well into it um, as you are with punk music so mm -hmm. how, how would if you were giving advice to me how would I go to the next level and start turning that into an income sort of thing and because at the moment just you know mainly just on social media um, and say I didn't have any clients in the football world if, if it is just on social media just putting out sort of fan art if you like how do I turn that into sort of paid work um, I would turn it into a product that you can sell people. So, like in your case, I would imagine like a zine, mm. magazine type thing. Were you somebody asking work for fan work for fanzines? Yeah, yeah. So, but why don't like rather than being like, oh, if I keep doing this, maybe four, what was it four, four two? Mm. Maybe they'll contact me mm. to do illustration or do design for them. You could make yourself the client, so you can make your own football magazine and just start selling it. I mean, that would literally be the easiest way. Because there's nothing to stop you from doing it. But then you've got to think about selling as well. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah, but you're a salesman. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but, but it's not. It, it's, it's, well, every, see, it's interesting you say that, because I completely believe this is almost fact right. that I'm going to say, and you'll be like, this is going to upset all your listeners. <laughs> but from, I think if you want to be a freelance designer you should stop trying to be one and go and get a job in the sales department for a year at least and learn how to sell something and then go back to being a designer because the minute you realise, I think I said this to you on the podcast before, you're allowed to just phone anyone you want mm. in the world. Like if they're advertising their phone number, you can just ring them up and say, can I do some work for you? And then they're either going to say yes or no. And I think there's loads of designers going, oh, I wish I could work for Sony. But I'm never going to ask them. Phone them up and see, or email them and see. But there's nothing to stop you putting a magazine out in the world. There's literally nothing to stop you. And the only thing that's going to stop you is the... You're saying about selling it, right? Mm. 
but how much is getting 100 magazines printed? Like 250 quid. Well, it's a so doubt. do a pre-order. It's, the, sell, it's the worrying. Sell 10 of them. It's a worrying doubt. Exactly. Yeah, it's a worrying doubt of will I sell them? But then again, but you, know, you, you say pre-order. It's not good. Then you're an idiot. I like mean, you know what I mean? Like what do you mean? Like if you can't sell ten of them, then it was a waste of time doing it. Mm. Um, but <laughs> it, I understand where you're coming from. But the way things have worked for us was that we found the audience of people that were interested in what we do because they have the same interests as us. And there obviously are people out there who are interested in the same things as you. Mm. They're interested in football, they're interested in design, and it's just about finding those people because ultimately they'll buy what you want to do. Yeah. But you just have to find that audience. Or a unique voice. So you've got 442 a uh, good example because they're like the every football fan. Yeah, they're the mainstream one, yeah. And then you've got what's their competitor called? Uh, Mundial. Right. Yeah. I'm never going to pronounce that. But they are, <laughs> well, I remember when they started, yeah. they were like the hipster. Mm, they are still, um, really. Yeah. yeah. So like they were like, oh, hip, yeah. hipsters also like football. So we'll do something aimed at them. So if you had a different, because there's like, what, there's like a football magazine for kids, isn't there? Yeah, match, match they tag. make. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, if you strike it, yeah, match. Yeah. Yeah. So they're for yeah. little kids. They're not going to be, they're not going to be like, oh, you won't believe how much he's gone for. <laughs> like absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's not going to be about or a club going bankrupt isn't going to be in there because yeah. it's not appropriate for children. It's a different tone. So if you came at it with a different approach, how about a football mag for women? Mm. That's aimed solely at the female fan with only female writers. But then you're going to be a male designer in it. So, yeah. but yeah. you could do that. Like <laughs> the that, biggest controversy of all. Well, <laughs> you don't. No, just be really open about it. But. You could do. Uh, I'm very feminine, I promise. Yeah, you could do a um, <laughs> a female like voiced um, magazine. You know, yeah. um, you could do a football magazine about just women's football, mm. and there's going to be a market for that. Yeah, you could niche right down to. You could do a magazine about one player. Daniel yeah. Agger. Yeah, you could do Daniel Agger magazine. Great, but the, you know what I mean. Like there is definitely, it's the same as. Um, I don't know if it exists, but like in tattooing, there's like the high street tattoo magazines and then there's Things Inc. that are like, you know, they market themselves as a tattoo magazine for real fans, you know? Mm. And that kind of thing, you know, it's it's looking at the difference in a market and what you want to have your unique voice for. So, you know, we're doing stuff to do with hardcore and punk, but it's like for kids. It all comes from, we realised, we're in our 30s. Everyone else who likes that music is in their 30s to 50s. Mm. And most of them have children. Children are brilliant so to them, yeah. If we're bringing it to... That's really smart. We're, like... I mean, that sounds more intelligent than it is. But the truth <laughs> is, we have a two-year-old niece, and we want to yeah. make stuff that she would like. Well, what... And other people are in the same boat. Yeah, though. and what we realised is, we're now... Like little niece, I was looking at like oh like there's a funny children's book about punk, but it's talking about the Ramones mm. and the Sex Pistols. But they were bands like when our parents, well before our parents were young enough yeah. to be listening to or old enough to be listening to it. So it's really aimed at grandparents, whereas the mums were into bands like Green Day and you know right, well yeah. even Green Day is getting too old. <laughs> you know it's um it's a different it's the market has moved on, but the fat cats in industry in publishing I haven't realised that so they've missed the boat it's um, funny that, that it always seems to be that way like, 
with TV and things like that, they never seem to be. They always seem to be really slow at change. Mm. Why yeah. is that? Do you know. Because all the people that run these businesses, that work in these businesses, are all old white men. And all these new things are foreign to them because they're not hiring or questioning people who are actually experiencing it. And younger people aren't there making things yet. That's, I think, 100% that's why everything is out of date. And why everything that's coming through that's new and current is underground still because the people who are making that haven't reached these points of authority yet. Yeah, and the, yeah, that's exactly. But I just thought I'd love a studio that is underground to call it call it the underground because <laughs> you know you got that like the hip hop scene of the underground uh -huh. coming up. Mm. No, that'd be so cool. That would be Have like a gym down there. Oh, when, I was, awesome. when I was younger, people used to like, like underground. no windows. Yeah, Even then depressing. you have to sort the window situation. When people, yeah. when I was young, people used to talk about underground punk or underground hip hop. Yeah, I thought it was made by people underground. <laughs> like mold. Yeah, yeah, like um, like the Rat King from the Ninja Turtles, like in sewers. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sounds really scary underground. Um, the other reason why things don't change quickly is visual language, isn't it? Because like, if you said to someone like, oh, I want you to draw a picture of like a female Hollywood star. Mm you would instantly draw like a Marilyn Monroe type because it's your visual language. So it's the same as if someone said to you, draw a wizard, you would draw like a man in a cloak with stars on with a long white yeah. beard yeah. and a pointy hat. But the biggest selling wizard of all time is Harry Potter. Mm. But your visual language hasn't, the a word I hate, but the zeitgeist hasn't caught up yet that that's the case. Right. It's not universal. It's not universal. Yeah. It's not like language yet. So like... It's the same as like, you know, um, it's like anything. It's like I was talking with someone the other day about Star Wars, like this. If you said like draw a Jedi, you think of like Obi-Wan Kenobi with his little beard and his cloak and that look. But like Ray is a girl. But no one would be like, I'm drawing a Jedi, here's a woman. Mm. Because instantly people wouldn't go, oh yeah. Or if someone said draw a football, yeah, player, that's, you're not going to draw a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like because it's not, I was say that, yeah. it's not visual language yet. yet to do that. So it's... And it does come from like sexism, racism, you know, and it's just from I that. think but it's, you're just trying it's to communicate universally, and yeah. the universally accepted icon for that particular thing is now outdated. Yeah, it's like um, I was reading this the other day, and this is like fascinating. But if you ask a kid or anyone to draw a superhero, mm. they will draw something that resembles Superman. But Superman is like incredibly outdated, mm. and like nowadays, like the biggest selling superheroes are Spider Man, Captain America, Iron Man. But we all still resort to yeah, a man in tights of cape. Seen your head, isn't it? Because that's what is the quickest way yeah. to. But he symbolizes. Because he symbolizes superhero to everyone. Yeah, and it's like um. It's crazy. You know that like thing people do mermaid, where they like draw mermaids all through May. I haven't seen it's that. Like Inktober, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like big. It's big on Instagram. Like a lot it's of illustrators like Inktober, do. But yeah, but mermaids. Okay. But if you search mermaids or mermaid, yeah. the majority of them would be red-haired. Yeah. Because of Ariel. Yeah. Because she's the most oh, known mermaid. Like, so. And the best. And the best. So, <laughs> yeah. But it does. It sticks in your head. To be like, I, I'd rather Starbucks by the way for that one. Uh, Starbucks man, oh, really? yeah, the Starbucks man the, on the logo. Uh -huh. I'd say, that, yeah, do you associate that? It's really funny. I've got a, uh, no, no, I mean, I draw Ariel probably, but I mean, like, you could think about the best mermaid. Well, Splash <laughs> is one of my favorite ever films, so I would always pick Daryl Hannah and Splash. 
but there will be a close second. I would never ever think Starbucks. Yeah. I just don't associate it with. So it is a mermaid, isn't it? It, it is, is a mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, I have a T-shirt that's Ariel, but the Starbucks logo. That's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like is it done Smashing in the, in the it star? Is done that's pretty cool. Bringing the two together. And yeah, I know that, and I see you wear it all the time, and I still wouldn't associate yeah. mermaids with it. But yeah, it's just your, it's just your visual language, and but also that changes in time, doesn't it? Like, yeah. But it's also what's the most cultural relevant. So like Alice from Alice in Wonderland, I'm pretty sure in the book describes her in a yellow dress, but Walt Disney they did her in a blue dress, and now if you had to draw Alice, that's exactly how you would draw it. Yeah. And I if you did it in the yellow dress, people yeah. would go, "That isn't Alice," because. It's been given a, you know, a, a firm. It's about Jesus, isn't it? People draw Jesus or God. Yeah. Beard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's what's the culturally. Um, it's interesting. Accepted way to draw things. So then that changes when younger people come through with new ideas. Mm. Yeah. It's exciting. And drugs. It's like um, yeah. <laughs> it's like kids draw um, fries. If you ask a kid to draw like a burger or fries, they always draw the red McDonald's carton. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely draw, yeah, chips, yeah, french fries, yeah. People yeah, like, always put yeah. them in the McDonald's cart. It's really weird. And like takeaway cups, people always draw a Starbucks takeaway mm. cup or a McDonald's takeaway cup, which aren't actually universal. They're just... It's like Hoover, the word Hoover. Yeah, it's yeah. A brand, or jacuzzi. Jacuzzi is a brand. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So the yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the other ones? I don't know. I think typewriter is one, isn't it? I don't I know jacuzzi definitely. Isn't that about jacuzzi? That's pretty cool. Because it's a yeah, hot tub, it is. isn't it? Not all ah, hot tubs are jacuzzis. I thought there was a difference. Yeah. I did, until I'm 21, I thought there was a difference. No, we I'm sure wrong. jacuzzi is a brand. Huh. But I know, obviously, Hoover is because um, yeah. he hates it, doesn't he? Dyson. Yeah, Dyson hates it. <laughs> he hates it, yeah. it. He gets really angry. But he's a bad man, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, what's your favourite thing in our studio? What's your favourite thing in the studio? Yeah. Uh, I really, really like that Kanye West sign poster. Um, <laughs> Is it going to be missing when it you It will go be gone, in? yeah. <laughs> and the pencil. I really like this map. This, this, is it Marathon? Marathon, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of yeah. I just wanted to make sure I got our name right. Um, yeah, I really like that, that big poster there. Uh, yeah, it's Is awesome. it a canvas? It's, it is. No, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's really weird. It's like a box. Okay. It's, not, it's, it's, like, it's like a, a printed box. It's like a canvas, but yeah. it's not made of canvas. It's really weird. It says everything is so fabulous here. Yeah. It's lovely. We're a big Maryland fans. It's a nice quote to like look at. Yeah. It, hey, it's a nice contrast as well, like the red and the blue. Collection yeah. of books on her down there as well. Yeah, I've seen it. It's cool. I um, thought you thought it was going to be the Jägermeister. The Ye yeah, the Jägermeister bottles. Are they empty? No. No. Actually, one of them might have been opened. The spice one is really I think we opened the spice one to smell it. It's really yeah. good. We work with Diego. What's the yeah. spice? Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. It's like cinnamony. It's like Spinning a winter spice. type uh, one. Jägermeister, the greatest company to work for ever. Mm. Like no, I imagine they would be. Nobody no offense to cool. anyone else who works. Well, for no, no, but nobody treats us as nicely as Jäger treats us. Like the what's that noise, by the way? That's uh, the, the train. train. That's the train coming. That yeah. whistle. Yeah, oh, okay. it's still the like steam. The um, yeah, the Jäger. Send us ridiculous amounts of stuff. Like I went on a stag do and they sent like two hundred miniatures. Wow. Of Jaeger and good like, clients. Yeah, and shot They're glasses really nice. and like they took us to the the big punk festival in Blackpool and they got us like weekend passes, mm. like all access mm. and like yeah they look after. Uh, well, Slam Dunk 
They took a stand. Yeah, That's why I would like to watch like, Red Bull because I think they would just yeah. treat you well. I think they'd be they sort you out. They might be. Are they like related in the consumer? I don't know. Training, maybe. maybe. Mm. Yeah, they're like, really cool. Work with each other. But Jaeger are like really, really cool. They were sent to us because um, Charlotte, um, Charlotte did a thing for them where she suspended a band across two mountain peaks. So they were, they did a project where um, yeah, it was like three piece band played like hundreds of thousands of miles up in the air, right. suspended across three mountains on a spider's web. And um, yeah. yeah, I uh, photoshopped the idea up for them to present to your board to get it approved. It was for yeah, it was for the spice. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So and it happened, did it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They really did it. Yeah. They really if you did look it. it, up, it yeah. is what band was it? I don't know, they were like an they're electro a, band. Yeah, they're like a dance it's not really band, our thing. Which isn't really That's my out there. thing. But I'm also afraid of heights, so the whole yeah. thing was hard. <laughs> yeah, but they're really nice. Like, they're a really, really good company to work with. And we've worked with them for a long time. A long, so. long time. They were my, well, they were probably my first, when I worked on my, my first ever client. They yeah. gave me, I did a job for them the day I left university. Wow. How'd yeah. you get that? I our contact there is the brother-in-law of my uni lecturer, uh, so like word of mouth. Yeah, cool. And I'd done that gallows poster, mm. and my tutor Ruth was like talking to her brother and telling her, and he was like, oh, "Might have some jobs for him." Yeah, yeah. So then started doing some stuff for band logos because they used to Jägermeister Music used to do loads of like metal bands, mm. and metal bands need logos. They're the only band I kind of know kind of band that needs logos, aren't they? Yeah, so I used to do like yeah. metal, like logos for metal bands from Jaeger and they've they've always paid well, they always pay on time. And they, and they just give us treats. And they just give us so. awesome stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like when you're when you we go like to somewhere that. with Jaeger, everyone treats you like like royalty. <laughs> like all the bands are like, oh my god, you're with Jaeger because then I don't drink, so I can give all my like Jaeger will give you free alcohol the whole week. Yeah, so you can take all the bands to like the Jaeger tent and Brilliant. stuff, and they think you're great. everyone thinks you're great. So they're great for networking. They're just yeah. a great company, it's, and it seems really weird because I'm on paper. I imagine that people are like oh, Jaeger was the scary like metal alcohol. Well, <laughs> like, what, what, yeah, what it does to you on a night out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think that they'd be this like really awesome, lovely company, but they're all like um, Tom, that our contact there. He's in a band. And he's like the most mild mannered, nicest man in the world. And we, I went to see his band, and they were like screaming. That's like super political, angry punk band where he just screams about like income tax. And I was just like, oh, this is completely opposite to what he's like in his day to day life. Nice. But they are just like the nicest. They are the nicest people. Well, that's what, so. All these contacts and people listening, or if they're still listening, they would have uh, <laughs> they would have got thought in the head. How do you meet these people? How do you make contacts like that? How do you how do you get in touch mm. with these people? And like you said earlier on, you know you know you got their phone number online probably, but say it's a big company, what happens then? How do you get in touch with people that? Well, say it's a big football club. How do you get in touch with people? Um, well, you got two ways. Let's let like uh, football is difficult because I don't know enough about um. To... You need to find the right person to speak to. Yeah, you, you need on what it is that so, you want to do. Yeah, you need the right person. So what you could do is use LinkedIn or somewhere to find the name of the person. Mm. But there's there's two ways of doing it. You could go the salesman route of contacting them directly and just asking to speak to that person, leaving them a message, emailing them. So phoning up the general office and saying, 
Yeah. I speak to this graphic designer or the yeah. other social media manager. Yeah, which would you would learn from going and doing some time in a sales office because, mm. like, I mean, I don't agree with half of what they do, but I used to work with a salesman that used to ring up and he'd find out. I mean, you can find out stuff about anyone nowadays <laughs> on the internet. So he would ring up, like, say. This is awful. He was work wanted to do like the printing for like Levi's. Yeah. He would find out who the art director at their office was look them up on Facebook, find out where their kids went to school, and then ring up the office and say, hi, this is so-and-so from the school. Can I speak to this person? And they'd be right through. And then he'd just do his sales. Uh, that's thing. that's horrible. Sketchy, yeah. yeah, but uh, he would then get huge million-pound clients. So these these old-school guys, like, and I've never done stuff like that, but they learn tactics mm. and there's these things, or... You could, you know, it gets almost like stalking because some of them would find out what pubs these people drank in and right. go and like try and organically meet them through like these things. So like, so say you're not a weirdo. How do you? Yeah. Get <laughs> well, real salespeople. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's weird, but that's their job. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. They're on commission and they earn their money that way. But, but that's not fair. It's not what I would do. What I would try and do is naturally try and meet these people. So. I would start going to like I guarantee it's difficult because you're miles and miles away from it. But I imagine Swansea have a business networking event that they host at their club. See most football clubs. Most too. football clubs yeah. do. So I'd start going to those and then trying to meet like the chairman or these people and yeah. show genuine interest in it. But the key is to not meet people just because of there might be something in it for you. So it's. It's about like growing relationships with people to begin with. Yeah, you shouldn't be ever looking to get anything out of a meeting, I think. Like we have we've had meetings with people, like four hour meetings and not talk about work. Yeah. It's not Because it's about getting to know the other person. Getting to know the person. People wanna know they're working with nice people. Um Yeah. I think it's really hard, especially like something as specific as a football club that you want to work with um but from our experience the only thing i would suggest is making work that you want to do that you think that they would potentially like maybe um working with lower league teams um trying to get experience in it finding out what works what doesn't work what people like um because there's always people at lower league teams and like local clubs as well who know people mm. who you know who have contacts at other clubs um maybe women's clubs kids clubs vets teams as well and they're always looking for designers and people to do work and especially people that are passionate about that because nine times out of ten they have people work for them that don't care about sport at well, that's, all. that's the biggest thing that you've done all this music stuff and the band stuff because you're then they can see you're so passionate about it. They can see exactly. you're, you, know, you want to do it, not because you're you have to do it. A real person who's really interested in this, and I think people mm. like to work with us because they can see our passion and our authenticity. Mm. And the same applies to you, or think, to anyone that's interested. In I think another thing that you could do in your work, and it, I think it's something that worked for us with um, building these kind of into the scene we wanted to work with was doing the Riverdale hardcore stuff that we do there's humour in it and you have to be a real fan of something to be able to show humour in that thing so to be like oh we're doing this like piece about the punk scene and it's funny mm. we have to know about it we can't fake that you can't be like 
you know, you you almost because a lot of it's like kind of like taking making fun of it mm. in a loving way, and you have to be a true fan to be able to do that. So, if you were doing like football stuff, not I'm not necessarily meme content, but like stuff that's got a bit of banter to it and like fun involved, that would show more of a fandom. Yeah, and a passion than just but dry. Not, that's but encouraging that people to share that with other yeah. people yeah. as well. And then they get sh- yeah, obviously you then get so the they shares. get shares. That gets moved around, but and they yeah. get attention from people. I just wondering if the clubs be put off by that. I'm not sure. I don't think necessarily because a lot of the time they'll have a social media manager who is just like us. Yeah, and they'll enjoy that and potentially approach you because of that, because a lot of the time. Um, they'll be able to see your love for them through that. Mm. It's not like you're just taking the piss. It's uh, <laughs> it's affectionate. Yeah, like it's this is a weird thing, but like when we did the punk alphabet book, when we we're doing the bands in there, obviously a lot of them we're really big fans of. Some mm. of them are bands we don't know so much because we're trying to draw letters. But what was um, something that really stuck out to me is we drew um, in there N is no effects, who are my favourite ever bands. They're guitarist Melvin makes this weird scream sound in some songs called the Mel Yell. Right. And so when I drew him, I drew him doing the Mel Yell, which is like so obscure, <laughs> right, to anyone. Yeah. But when we met them and he was looking at it, he was like, oh my God, this is the coolest ever thing. And then was grabbing people from the backstage area, from other bands, being like, oh, look at this, cool. I drew the Mel Yell. And that then stuck out in his head and now we're kind of, in a world of working with other bands on Fat Records who are NoFX's record label mm. and, you know, dealing with them. But we've shown a, that passion humour. Mm-hmm. And it's not we're not making fun of Melvin. Like, we absolutely love him. And I love the Mel Yell. I think it's a great thing. But it's, it's showing that tribute. real tribute to something that's like, oh, well, come on, this guy knows. Fans would know it. Not just, this guy's exploiting me. Yeah. And he's drawn my band because he couldn't think of another one that begins with the N. Yeah. And like, or we we hide little Easter eggs in our stuff. So like, if you look on like, a lot of the bands who their T-shirts will be other bands but begin with the same letter, or those little like hidden tributes to like, on their tattoos. Like normally you do little squiggles, but we might put their, their kids' names in little hearts or nice. like little things that are like real geeky fan things. And like we stole that from Pixar and Marvel, and like. Because people love those films because mm. they're made by fans mm. and they show they're made by fans by hiding the little Easter eggs around like and, and that's why we like them, yeah. So it's, I think if you can show humour, people, and everybody likes that. And also like you could do, I guess like the other side of, you can play on the football rivalry. Yeah. So like, there's a lot to tackle. There's a lot. Hey! <laughs> and, uh, I think that could be the name of, of your magazine a lot God. to tackle I think well, a yeah, lot of it maybe. comes down to especially with Phil's illustrations the people that he draws like being drawn by people because they can see it it's a, it's, it's a nice thing to do like and they want to share that because ultimately people like being liked mm-hmm. and if you've done something that's like a tribute to them especially when it plays on um, really intimate, obscure details that show that you do actually care about this person um, and you are a fan of theirs or whatever. They like to share that with other people. So putting that in terms of football, if there's footballers you like, why not? Mm. Yeah, and most footballers are pretty vain. Yeah, Yeah, I, 
Yeah, I think with the social media stuff, though, because they've got so many followers, I think it might be, unless they're lower league teams, they might be best to try and go straight for the club, try and, try and grab someone from the club. I but, think that would be a more accessible, yeah. like, direct route to go, um, unless there are obscure players or clubs that you want to work with. Well, you know, yeah. like, not messy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then at the same time, why not just... Sure. Have a shot at Messi. Like, yeah. Because you never know. Like, you never know. Yeah, like. Or even like his marketing, like his manager, like someone that works for him. Yeah. Like someone, someone getting, get, I was getting there somehow. He'll have an assistant or a manager yeah. or a Find out PR who he is. person. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I would imagine might be difficult with clubs, and I don't know how much they reshare stuff, but I don't know if it would go through like a communications officer and then have to be like, is this in any way. Offensive. I don't think for like social media, I, a lot of the clubs I see just repost stuff. But as well, yeah, if I think you... Premier League clubs are a bit more cautious of just resharing fan. Really? Work. Yeah, I, I don't really just... see a lot of clubs reposting fan art. Yeah, copyright. Um, Liverpool do it a lot. Well, they, that's the match day thing. They uh, they ask for it, don't they? Yeah, but they yeah. do like uh, amateur stuff as well. Oh. But as well, if you're doing like if say you wanted to make and produce a zine. Um, there's no reason why you can't write to people and say like I'm featuring you do you want to do like a mini interview or something you could put with it because that's extra content for someone on top of your design mm. um, and people are into that they love being asked to be in things people love being interviewed what about ex-players as well Yeah. because yeah. Like, we noticed that like not that anyone we've worked with is going to I've got to try and work this in a way that's not going to make me sound like I'm being rude about people but if a band we've worked with feel like forgotten Mm. then Bring they're more back. likely to share the stuff because they're like oh my god this person someone remembers remembers me, me yeah. for like yeah this thing and i'm sure thousands of people will do that but that's a good point like if you for example like rancid are probably the biggest punk band in the world i'm sure their lead singer tim is getting drawn every single day by someone and posting it on the internet being like look at my drawing of tim because mm. he's so iconic and he looks iconic and he'd be fun to draw so our, if we draw Tim, it's just going to get lost in the sea of people drawing Tim. But if you were like, here's my drawing of Matt, the bassist, then he he might be more likely to share it because yeah. I'm sure he's getting a lot less attention. That's a good point, yeah. Or like, even if you go even further than that, like, you know, um, the Lunatics. They're like a good example. You know, they've not been yeah. a band for 20 years, I think. Um, something like that. But, you know, the, they're not a band anymore. So not, it's not that they've been forgotten by their fans or by the fans of that scene, but they've not... They're not mainstream They're not mainstream. Mm. So ex-players, like you could do, like... I wonder if you do a football history magazine. Like, and do past players. Past players. Um, you could look back at the matches from the like previous years of this. Like, like week, iconic games. Iconic games. Iconic moments, iconic goals. Yeah. Wouldn't have to pay for any of the photo rights. So much you could do. You could get in contact with old football photographers for some of these games and try and track down stuff. Yeah, there might get, also like, other be like people's perspectives as well, like referees, linesmen, pitch announcers. Mm. It would be really cool to have their perspectives on like iconic moments that people remember, but we've only heard about them from the players themselves. Yeah, like, this is a funny thing, actually. I was talking about this with someone, because they were talking about women in design, mm. and saying, no, there's no famous female designers, and 
I was saying, well, there's all these logos, mm. uh, super famous logos that were designed by women. And it's weird because you don't really look at the, who did it. But you're a huge football fan. Charlotte's a huge football fan and a photographer. Who took the 1966 photo? Literally no idea. Yeah. Jackie Pelham. Uh, no, there's a guy. The guy. There's a guy who I interviewed who's also been on the issues he draws. Uh, his, yeah, yeah. You know, he didn't take that picture though. No, but he's dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think he, I don't remember. He had a story about 1966 World Cup final. I need to listen to that podcast but, again. But you know yeah. what I mean? But like, yeah, you could find like the pitch announcer. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that game or like that would be awesome. Yeah. And um, people would like like to read those things. Yeah, it might be more interesting. Oh, there was that awesome. Um, see that documentary. Um, when they did, it was the Rio World Cup, mm. and Rio Ferdinand like went round to the underprivileged kids and set up like all these football camps, oh. and that was more interesting than the whole World Cup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was such, it was an awful World Cup. It wasn't great, was it? Yeah. That story was more interesting. Yeah. Than something going on behind the scenes. So like, yeah, like past players and that stuff. Um, it would also be really interesting to interview people that didn't make teams for iconic games. Like people who are on the bench, like it'd be really interesting to hear from like, you know, someone who missed a game. Yeah, and be then cool. it ended up being like missed a, out on a medal. Yeah, missed out on the. Yeah. That's a great feature. Missed out on the medal. Yeah. Yeah, or you could do like one about like people that weren't on the pitch for great games, and you could call it like John Terry's full kit anchor, <laughs> and mm. you could do like a column all about like <laughs> people that. Um, and that could always be one of your end questions. Would you do a John Terry? Would you have gone yeah. in your full kit if you had the opportunity? An absolutely fascinating series would be on footballers that have become property moguls. Yeah. Because the other day I had several sponsored adverts for Robbie Fowler's There are a lot of footballers that buy property. Yeah, or racehorses. Yeah. He's, he's teaching people on how to do it. Actually. He runs workshops on it. Just it's like, amazing. Yeah. Just like, like your creative waffle, what would be really interesting is what footballers do when they retire because most footballers retire like in their 30s mm. which yeah. is when most people start their careers and their careers really start like ramping actually, up actually that's a great idea but they're ending their careers because Charlotte's dad was telling us about a boxer that he was watching being interviewed and he said like he retired at 35 yeah. and just spent an entire week crying because he didn't know what his life was yeah. past that but his whole story about his retirement was more interesting than his entire career because his career was being punched in the head punching other people in the head and that's it and, and he didn't really achieve anything he didn't really win much but that was his whole life but it was his whole life and mm. then he had to do other stuff and that's almost like more interesting like look at like Razor Ruddock he's fascinating yeah absolutely fascinating <laughs> bloke he tried on my shirt on the phone <laughs> I think I have it's to do that yeah so but you'd get more that. access to them because they're not in the moment because at the moment you're trying to reach out to kids in their hold Robbie Fowler though, so. eighteen to twenty-two year olds <laughs> I'm who sure are he's reachable. driving around in fast cars, dating supermodels. I don't know. Everyone hates Michael Owen at the moment after yeah, this week. Yeah, it's been so, an idiot recently. You know, he, yeah, might, he, might, he might be, be reachable. Um, but loads, oh, I tell you what though, you know who's the one? Who's the West Ham player that uh, manages the club here? Haybridge. Uh, I want to say Dean Ashland. It's not. Little fella. I don't know. Tony Cotty's local. Yeah. No, who's the, that little fella? I don't know. That could be anyone. You know who I mean. But the, the but, point is, like, if, if you can reach Kanye West. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's anyone. it. But exactly. You, um, Why couldn't you interview Messi for a podcast? Yeah, a lot of them manage, like, um, little 
clubs that, and though. stuff like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's why not? Why? But not like if you want to do a magazine. That would be a really fascinating series. So, yeah, retirement. Yeah. Footballers. Yeah, footballers retirement. And what else have they got? Then put my illustrations in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Put your illustrations in. Go around and see them. But but also, you could do podcast as well as um, like an actual magazine. Zine. I'd also be fascinated to hear of referees that have to make decisions that affect the country they come from. Like, mm. you know, what's it, um, his name, the ball fella? Yeah, the really famous one. Webb. Howard Webb. Oh. But he's like refed games in World Cups England, where the result. Yeah. Well, he can't. They can't ref their own country, can they? Oh no! Yeah. But he's so. he's refed games to make decisions of who England would go on to play. Oh yeah. And had to make decisions to let like Spain or Brazil go through and knock England out. You mm. know, and how like that must. It's interesting. Or just who referees support that fascinates me. Howard Webb's a man. Because he's a man United. Yeah, Mike, Mike Dean, he's sitting at the Tranmere Rovers game. <laughs> no. He was celebrating. He was because he, he's a big Tranmere Rovers fan. He was. Uh, I think it's Tranmere Rovers. Anyway, he was. Celebrating them, the winner, and it was a big meme on, on social media. Aww, it's hilarious. Um, but yeah, other than I Jamie, like Jamie Redknapp, I think obviously it'd be a difficult one to contact. But I mean, name all these big footballers, you put a pressure on me now. But, but there's. I, I'm excited to read it and hear So about many footballers. It's almost like it's happening. Yeah, yeah, I think, that's a, I think it's a great idea. See? Yeah. I was like Jason, she always come up with good ideas for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, Swans. I'm waiting for my kickback from Swans Design. Someone's design, yeah. I, I set it up. From uh, last time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not had anyone? I'm yeah. doing the fans. I'm doing the Swansea City fans eat now. Amazing. Because of, of you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I think um, looking at stuff like that, but also looking, you want to, what you need to do is look at stuff that football fans actually want to buy. Yeah, that's the tricky thing. Yeah. Or like I would, if it was me, I would start a tea public store. Where I illustrate quotes mm. from the songs that football clubs sing that are all going to be royalty free, yeah. and well, quotes are fine anyway. And then illustrate do really lovely illustrated quotes that I then just stick on t-shirts because I guarantee fans will buy it. Because um, I used to in my old studio space there was a guy that used to make t-shirts where he just printed football memes on them, yeah. and he made absolute fortune. Okay. Keep printing memes onto t-shirts. Definitely do quite a few red bubble things. Yeah, and like that kind of stuff. So like, there's that like red bubble tea public those sites. I do, well, I do right that. I get like on, on that three or four a week. Like I've got some stuff from red bubble, like three or four. Awesome. Is quite a few more, like more mainstream stuff like football. Well, we yeah. know from Who knows? our contacts in the Disney community, the people that do really well at that and do like the fan Disney stuff. Mm. They put up like three, four designs a day. Oh, okay. Quality over. Yeah, you just need to put because no one is buying a t-shirt on Redbubble because it's well designed. Yeah, they're just like oh, it's yeah. a quote alike. So like, but I, no, I just mean the more you have on there, the more money. Oh you yeah, can make but you could it. be writing the lyrics to "Blowing Bubbles" or "Never Walk Alone," like quotes from those songs in Helvetica and shoving them up there, and there'll be football fans that buy them because yeah. I because you know. When you go into a football club shop, nothing's particularly well designed. Mm. It's all kind of just chucked out, got a logo on it. Yeah. I don't think football fans are particularly design connoisseurs. No. <laughs> it's Not just like, whole. let's just grab that. Yeah. Like, you could make tons you of money do, like, just nice doing like. Stuff you actually want. Yeah, but I would just do loads of stuff that says number one Swan's dad. 
stuff. <laughs> because you would like. Um, you may kill him. Yeah, like eat, sleep, Swansea. It's, it's one's repeat. Yeah, it's uh, one's repeat. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. But, I mean, if you could do that well, that yeah, I think. Um, that might actually sell a few t-shirts. Unfortunately, that is funny. It's, eat it's, sweets, eat sleep, swans repeat. It's really funny when. Um, That's uh, funny. When like you're into anything, and we've got some friends who make beautiful, like this Disney fan stuff, and it's absolutely stunning. And our friend uh, used to run a Disney candle company making yeah. Disney scented candles and we were talking he does design and he was wanted to do that and he was really struggling and I said why don't you just put really like white girl quotes in script <laughs> and just shove them up and he just made a fortune <laughs> because and it just depends like if you want like you don't have to have it tied to your name I mean there's money to be made in just doing like really like I would call it like Primark design like real bad stuff and shoving it up because there's obviously a market for people not everyone has taste but obviously, I want it to be something that I, I, I like. You want to be proud. Yeah, like you want to be proud of it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Like your stuff. Like, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Yeah. That's why you want to. You want to. Yeah. But I'm not saying do that. You but you would. Um, you could make money doing it. I'm sure. Like I, 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 I literally worked with a guy who did football stuff that way. But I think football does suffer. Football suffers in the same way punk suffers mm. from a lack of quality design. Yeah. And I think that's why we found a market because the majority of stuff that's punk. Well, that's why magazines terrible. like Mundial and Stand and there's so many cool magazines now coming out, yeah, which are, yeah. or NHL, uh, NHPL, the one that, I've got to give a shout out to um, Neil Jameson, who does a really, really good one, or directs a really good one, my voice just went in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's why those sort of magazines are coming through, because it's, it's a difference, I think people are noticing now that uh -huh. uh, that's, that's, there's it's a market missing. for it. Yeah. yeah, and there's no reason why you can't use your passion to yeah. do something like that. Yeah, ideas. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so keep watching this podcast. Do something you love uh, and all that. Uh, make I don't know what are the key points on this podcast. Being authentic to um, yourself and making sure you're working. Surround yourself with cool stuff that makes you happy. Makes you want to be here. Cause there's nothing worse than working in a sterile place mm. that oh, yeah. makes you uninspired all day. Even if your mum and dad tell you it looks messy. <laughs> also working, obviously working through your, doing personal projects, working on those, see how far you can take them. Yeah. Just following your passion, I think. Because there's a reason you're doing what you're doing. Hmm. So why have you stopped? Yeah, and I think a key thing that I've, I've thought of this a lot recently is there's no shame in like doing something and it doesn't. Mm. Like we've done products this year that haven't sold anywhere near as well as others, but oh well. But you also yeah, wouldn't have known. It. You wouldn't have known that they would do bad if yeah. you try it. So exactly. and also, yeah. and it's a learning experience, and that means we can evolve yeah. and try something else. And also, not everything's your fault. Mm. So like we did a product and launched it on the day that Instagram was down. Right. And we're like, oh, that's sales. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, brilliant. And then the next day, we're like, oh, here we go again. Well, that um, was sorry, people don't buy stuff in the summer. Yeah. So, right. and this was in July, and we were like, no one's buying this. And then it wasn't until we spoke to people, yeah. and spoke to lots of people. Like our friend who runs the candle company, other things. They're like, yeah, well, it's Jan July. No one buys stuff in the summer. Wait till September. Or buying ice at least. Yeah, because everyone's out. Ice cream. Everyone's out enjoying themselves. Yeah, and, and on holidays and public holidays yeah. and different Good stuff. Point. And like. I remember the first time 
my first year ever being freelance on my own and getting no work in the summer and being terrified and being like, oh my God, I'm not getting any work, I'm not getting any work. And then mm. now we yeah, um, we understand like New York shuts down for the whole summer. Right. Television companies in LA all shut down really? and marketing companies shut down and there's no one working, right. publishing shuts down in the summer. There's no one at work. And in London, like a lot of the people go on holiday and have time off with kids and and you're thinking, oh, it's me, it's me. Mm. It's not. It's... It's a le- everything is a learning experience and it's just trying to keep a positive attitude and turn failures and challenges into opportunities mm. to learn and adapt what we're doing to be better. Yeah, or like when you realise March and April are the best months because everyone's trying to spend their budgets. Exactly. Not everything, you can't control everything. That's, no. that's probably the thing we've learned Not everything most. is about you. Not, yeah, not everything's about you. That's, yeah, not everything's about you and you... But, it's a good lesson too. Yeah, just I would just say um, persevere with what you're doing. Yeah, but above everything else, be honest and be authentic and mm-hmm. real. Yeah. That's like our number one thing we've learned over the last year, because people know when you're being fake, mm. and you don't want to work with people that like the fake you. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, yeah, that's a difficult thing, isn't it? Uh, really difficult. Yeah. Nice. Uh, last few questions. First of all, what's your best purchases under £100? I think I've asked you this before. I can't remember what you said, though. I can't remember, but I uh, I, I either said it last time or said it again. It's the Apple Pencil. Yep. The fourth one? It's like ever or recently. The fourth Apple Pencil? It's my fifth one. Fifth one. But, nice. I mean, they are... £500 on Apple Pencils? Uh, but most Ooh. of them are replaced. Because they've been faulty. But they're still... The, it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do I have to yeah, yeah, you got to do it as well. Yeah, it could be over. Uh, you, to answer your question, it was out, whatever you want. It doesn't have to be design related. Could be anything. No, to be honest, it's these little Coke bottles that we bought back from Star Wars Land when we went in June because they just announced last week um, that you can't take them on planes anymore because they're like bombs. So if I hadn't bought one in June, I would never have they been able to like buy bombs. one again. So they do look like like uh, grenades yeah. out of a game. They're supposed to look They're like, like uh, detonators. thermal detonators. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my favourite thing I've bought because it's adorable. Cool. What? What? What's the language like, on? Oh, Arabic. Uh, what? <laughs> it's, it's a Star Wars. It's Arabic. It's the um, Star Wars language. Arabic. <laughs> That's a pretty big brand of that, like Coke and Sprite and Diet Coke. It's cool though. It's really cool design, right? Yeah. Well, it's really clever. I thought it might have like some sort of Asian language, but yeah. Um, that's not racist. That's not racist. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It looks like Sanskrit. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, the last two. Oh, you already, no, you already answered one, which is best life advice, but you already just answered it. Be authentic. Sorry. and. No, no. Do you have any other life advice? Um, don't get tattooed. Till you're an adult, Till 25, yeah. and uh, you're a sensible human. Made them mistakes in your tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. I like um, them. <laughs> I tell you, I, I would say um, I my favourite bit of advice I was ever given is always say thank you for having me. Yeah, be polite and nice. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I think it. like it's really weird because I even say it. it 
we've even said thank you hadn't we when we walked out of Disneyland and the cast members say goodbye that's nice and then they've given us like stuff oh wow like just little bits of magic for, for like, like you never know what's going to happen just saying thank you for having well, me I imagine walking out of a football ground thanks for having me Cheers. yeah why not yeah. <laughs> to the steward why not yeah. that would be amazing yeah because what if that, that would be like, amazing that would brighten up their day wouldn't it yeah but exactly. what if like you did that regularly to that guy yeah. or girl and they, um, or woman, <laughs> a man or woman, no, but you did that to that person, and then they see you, like, you know, overhear your name in conversation, like, oh, that Mark always says good, always says you know, he's a lovely, polite lad. Yeah. See? There you go. It, goes, it could work wonders for you. I, it doesn't cost you anything to Yeah, manners cost nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think, especially, like, in this current horrendous climate we're in, you don't know what's going on with people. You don't know how a person's day has been. And you being nice might change everything for them. So just be nice. People want to work with nice people. People want to be around nice people. Mm. Just be nice. And also I do it's like... Hard. I, I know like at the moment it's really trendy to be like dissing this, but I do like to say yes to everything. Mm. Like, I know everyone's like, oh, well, you know, don't overwork. <laughs> you might get tired sometimes. Um, <laughs> I just think like, just say yes to everything. Like... I don't. Under, I just think it just really does work, and it's really like that's been what our career and business has been. Built I think. I think certainly, yeah, certainly at the start of the career, it's it's so important for young designers just to get experience hmm. and, and get working. Yeah, you're not gonna have that time again. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to be anti stuff. Like I noticed this the other day. Um, she. Shanique O'Neill. Shaquille. Shaquille O'Neill, is that? I can't Shaq. remember his name. Shaq. Was posting this He's thing. He's massive. Saying, he is. So yeah, he was posting this yeah. thing about like wanting these like animations done. And yeah. he was going to pay like a grand or five grand in illustration, uh, animation. And all the animation community were like, oh, this is spec work. Yeah. This is spec work. Well, that's spec what work. all the design and illustration people do as well. Yeah. And then the yeah. next day he exactly. was like, well, I'll pay you 10 grand um, animation. Really? And everyone was still having a game. And I said to Charlotte, I understand these people have got this problem with this. But why not be the put instead of spending your day wasting it? Why not do it and get paid ten grand? Like, because look how like because the the pool of people now is shrinking because no one wants to do this. But if you do four for him, you're gonna get that's your year's you income. Might, you might be able to get ten grand. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. might be able to get forty grand off the guy. Yeah. Like, why not? And I I do understand like the logic would be oh well if you do that then you're killing the industry, spec works bad blah blah mm. whatever the argument. I don't I'm not in touch enough to understand the argument. I don't even really know what spec work means. But what I mean is, is the guy's offering 10 grand. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. Give it a go. Yeah. Especially if young designers are crazy. If you, but if you've got uh, nothing I, else to do, why yeah. not? Well, exactly. That's, that's the question. Rather than spending a day on Twitter, moaning about it, doing it instead. Exactly. Because I can understand You're that... Being so negative. I can understand that the logic would be an animation studio maybe saying, well, he should find an animation studio he wants to work with and then hire them. It's just easier. He's not doing that. You've always got to look at it from their perspective, especially with these big companies. It's easier to try and put a competition out there or put a tweet out there rather than spending time looking for a good relationship. But that would be, but in it's like the funny thing because you're trying to create your utopia and that's what a lot of people do. But I was, yeah, I was thinking it, if you, again, we were talking about this earlier, put in a real world scenario. Mm. So if you were like an Apple desktop, probably costs Apple £50 to produce and they sell them mm. for 3000 you could say, well, why don't, why don't they just sell them for £100 to more people? They still make a profit and more people buy them. That's not what they want to do. That's not what they're going to do. Shaq doesn't want to pay an agent. He's doing what he wants to do. Yeah. So either shut up and move on and do something else or do it. 
but you're not, your moaning isn't going to get him to go, oh, I've seen the light, let me go and get an in. Let me go and hire someone. <laughs> and he's definitely not going to look at the pool of people moaning at him and go, this is the person I want to avoid. Yeah, you're right, that's the one I want. Yeah, yeah this is the person. This person's just dragged me all the over Twitter. Known, you know, I yeah. can't wait to employ them. And other people are going to look at you and go, you look like an awkward person to work with. I don't want to work with you either. So, like, I understand the moaning, but I just don't be that person. Just, yeah. just see the positive in it and just think, I might make 10 grand. And if... You haven't got time to do that spec work. Just don't do it. Because yeah. he's not going to come around with a guy. Both sides, I agree. I, I do personally lean more towards your side, even though some of my good friends and other people I know lean the other way. Um, yeah, it's just what you want to promote, isn't it? But yeah. I do have to say, I do not know what spec work means. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's genuine. I have no idea. Speculation work, right? Oh, I thought that was specific work. Oh, I thought speculation. Oh. Like you're doing it. Oh, in... you're doing it in the hope to get paid. Yeah. Well, that's every work then. Because what if you did something for a company? What you've if... really only gone like you've done, you've <laughs> I didn't know that. With... I honestly did not. You know work Kanye West, right? Williams, yeah, yeah. But... And you've only just realised yeah, it. Yes, I didn't know that at all. But, but, that's true. but <laughs> say you're doing a job for Coke, right? Yeah. And Coke say I'm going to pay you a million pounds for this illustration. Yeah. And you say great, I'd like fifty percent up front, and they go, no problem, it's five hundred thousand pounds. And then you do the rest of the work and you think, oh, I'm going to get 500,000 pounds when I hand this in. And then you give the work in and Coke goes, sorry, gone into liquidation. Mm. It was speculative. Mm. Everything's speculative. Surely everything's speculative. What if, mm. what if Shaq says to you, I want you to do animation, I'm going to pay you 50 grand, and the next day he dies? Yeah, that's, yeah, but yeah, that's still speculative. Likely, is it? Yeah, but it's not. It, it's I ridiculous. Mean, but it, there's a lot of factors. Take that into a very I don't know that's what place. it meant. I, I just think everything's speculative, isn't it? No, but what, the, there's no guarantees in life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is there? But there isn't. It's very philosophical. Of you. What but if? I mean, what if you do loads of work for someone, and you're like, "This is great," and then you drop down dead? Yeah, they've got your work for free. No, let's do it in like in terms of like the career and job the situation. Yeah. So, like, an example recently, uh, Amazon have gone on to this uh, talent house website, and they're getting people to do illustration work for their uh, new Amazon football. Um, matches they're showing Premier League games yeah, on Amazon yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. now and they're getting people to do like cool cool uh, illustrations for it but they're obviously not going to pay everyone so they want people to do spec work speculation work saying people like myself hoping that they're going to get paid mm -hmm. um, to put their work on, into this competition this pool of work that the Amazon people will see and then they'll pick the winner okay so that's spec work right so my argument to that is if yep. Here we go. you're doing football work mm -hmm. at the moment how much money do you get paid for each of those football illustrations you're doing at the moment? My hourly rate. But the stuff you do for yourself. Oh, yeah. You're, that's, that's the other argument. And then you put on Instagram. Yeah. So is Instagram spec work? That's the other argument. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's a bit flawed. So if you do something for your portfolio, that's spec work. So why not do something for your portfolio? You can put your portfolio, but also put on Amazon and maybe get paid for it. Mm. Or uploading designs to T-Public. That's spec work. I, I'm on your side in this one. Oh, the whole the books we do. <laughs> I think as yeah. if you're not turning down on, what... paid work in order to do this work, what's the problem? Like, if yeah. you've got nothing just... else you're doing anyway, so, but by that logic, if you it's take, not hurting If you. you take that logic right back, so J.K. Rowling should have never bothered to write Harry Potter without getting a publishing deal first. Because mm. it was speculative that she might one day get a... That's a good point. Why? I don't understand what the problem is, if it's well, the, for yourself or for somebody else. So the problem would be when it comes to the industry, then if that becomes the main thing to do, then all of a sudden everyone's doing spec work. Because all the clients, every, every big company will yeah, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden think, okay, that's the best way to get work, best yeah. way to pick an artist. Yeah, and they can exploit people then. Yeah, I, I understand that. 
but then but I think if you're especially if you're at the start of your career and you don't have constant paid work yeah initially what's the, what's the part what's the hardship it's something you can add to your portfolio it's something you can post on social media it might get the attention of someone else and it's practice and it's yeah exactly or design competitions they're the same thing mm. aren't they yeah and pe- people do that. Yeah. <laughs> but people do design competitions. Uh, how far do you want to go down the list? <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, is like, I just think that either, if you're against it publicly, you're like a complainer. Yeah, just, yeah, don't complain about and, it. But we talked about it earlier, don't complain. Yeah, you, don't, you don't need to complain about I, anything. Because exactly. it makes your life worse if you complain. Yeah, you're just exactly. going to make your life worse. And don't it's wallow. toxic. Just don't worry about it. Just yeah. move on to the next thing. If you don't want to do it, don't Unless do you it. really want to do animation for Shaq for some reason. And you're like, oh, well, I've lost my chance now because he only does spec <laughs> work. Oh, rats. Then maybe then you've got a reason to complain about it. But I very much doubt there's any animator that the other day was like, well, I've wasted that's an email wasted. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was pitching to him. I just I just don't think the moaning's ever going to change him or Amazon's why mind. Did, why does he want an animator? He wants people to animate his life stories. Why? Because he started a website called Shack Tunes. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> But I love it when it comes up and it's like everyone's having a go. But then he was, he doubled the money. That's, what actually, thinking, that's a really cool idea. How yeah. many? But how many people? Are you just get the Joe Rogan, the, the guy that does the Joe Rogan ones. Uh, the um, because you know Joe Rogan animation. They did they do animated no, the podcast. No. I think I'm too far into Joe Rogan. I'm a massive fan. <laughs> You've gone too far down the rabbit hole. <sighs> Uh, Joe Rogan, yeah, like the Ricky Gervais podcast. Yeah, it's the same yeah, person. That does the does the yeah. So yeah, the animated version of Ricky Gervais podcast. Mm. Yeah, they get into that. I was, I was thinking when you said animations of his life, you know how they have YouTube videos of the person drawing on the whiteboard and it's all sped up so it's in time with the. Well, you should do that and then send it to Shaq. You might yeah. love it. But it's, I think as well, it's very hard because it's very easy to take a shot at a big name yeah. that's doing something that you disagree with publicly, yeah. right? Because anyone can do that from Twitter and be like, oh, I think you're a dick, right? But I'm sure that was all going on behind closed doors, mm-hmm. like before the internet, and they would just reach out to loads of agencies and go, anyone want to have a go at doing this? But I just don't think moaning or having to go at anyone for anything just is a good thing idea on Twitter or, or just social media. It's just not just a good idea to moan. You just get on with your life. Like, why do you yeah. have to argue? Why I can't. I can't believe on this podcast I've learned what spec work means. I'm so excited. <laughs> I thought it was specific, like a specific brief they're not paying you for. Nah. Needless to say, we don't do spec work. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We do it for ourselves though, because That's we make full books and then we have a speculative idea that someone might buy them. Yep. Yeah. See. That's true. I like to call it hopeful work. That's a really yeah, that's nice, nice, nice way of doing it. I just think, yeah, I just think everything's expected. What's your next question? Uh, that's it, we're done. Uh, done. No, no, what, no, how do you want to be remembered? It's the last question. Oh, I answered this before. It hasn't changed. I um, said I don't want to be remembered. As a nice person. That would do for me. That's why you split the two of you. <laughs> if someone says, oh, she was nice, I'd be pretty happy with that. You're nice. Thank you. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Yeah, go for it. I'm really interested about your tour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what your like hopes are for it, what you're hoping that you'll get out of it. The tour itself? Yeah. Um, have conversations like these. Have, have conversations where I'm talking to people that I learn from and get ideas from and build up a bigger network of people and um, build a bigger, bigger audience on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have a bit of a holiday around the UK. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I think it's just just meet cool people, really. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. I have a question for cool. you. Were you old enough to vote in the referendum? This last one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Just the I did the um, film before that as well. I was allowed to. to yeah. vote for them. Three years, so you would have just been old enough. Well, the EU one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did that you one. Right yeah. In that. yeah, yeah. Just and, wondered. And what are you listening to when you're driving around to your stops on your tour? So I debated this before I left, right? I thought I'd listen to music. I thought it'd be great. But I wasn't to... Because I'm a bit... I think I'm addicted to self... Uh, bettering yourself and sort of um, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to podcasts. Yeah. Maybe. It was Joe Rogan. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a Christian? It, it was the. If, uh, it was a, um, if you want to better yourself, why do you listen to Joe Rogan? <laughs> he's a cool guy. I, he's not. I want to be. I want to be like him. <laughs> no, no I, I, I think he's. I admire him because he's put up this podcast where he's got some of the. Well, he has got the world's biggest people on his podcast. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really cool thing that he's got going there. I do. I will say I. I don't listen to him because I disagree with everything that he says. But he, um, I did listen to him introduce. I, I listened to him um, interview. Um, I'm pretty sure you don't disagree with everything. I, I, I pretty much, yeah. But I listened to him interviewing um, John Joseph from Crow Mags, yep. who's a hero of mine. And I agree with everything John Joseph says, pretty much. And That's not a good life trait to have, by the way. Why? Like, John Joseph is a legend. No, and just... I thought he. Um, it's all or nothing. Yeah. But I thought it was very interesting. Because they have completely polarising opinions on literally everything. Right. For them to have found some kind of middle ground to have a conversation. And it's very I thought it was very important that just because they disagree mm. on what you should eat doesn't mean that they didn't they shouldn't like each other. Yeah, of course. Uh, I thought that was I a very uh, interesting that's probably the same with political views as well, I think. I think you should still be able to depend on if because it's all right, so people can just be an arsehole and Joe mm. Rogan. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, so who can't just be an arsehole and then I'm sure he's not I'm sure he's a lovely guy so and uh, but they could also have like they, and then they I don't know what I'm going with this really so they I'm saying like they could be an arsehole which is terrible and you don't want to be associated with them yeah 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 but uh, there's like there's people that have quite slightly questionable views like my grandparents yeah but you still love them because you're grandparents mm. yeah but you can still as long as you know that they're wrong yeah, oh, of course. That's the thing. But you still, yeah. can, that's what I mean. You can still get on with people you don't agree with. Yeah, you yeah. Can, I think to a point. Yeah. There's people that I've cut out of my life because I can't get on. Well, it depends how views. much you you get talk you talk about them. You don't have to talk about them, do you? Like no, no. and I and no, also. but there's people. I I think there's a limit. To be clear, I only disagree with Jerogan <laughs> because <laughs> he agrees with hunting, and. Hunts yeah. for fun. Yeah, but my opinions on him have changed, and he nah. also believes in like the right to own guns, and he, he doesn't see the problem with. He does. People. No, he needs to listen to more Jerry. Well, to get a proper full view. From what I've heard, yeah, and exactly. he eats uh, dumbbells for breakfast. Yeah, that's like, a good thing. He's a strange guy. Get in the gym. That's your problem. You're a bitch. You need to get down the gym. <laughs> he's a strange guy. It's funny because when we're in the gym, that's I see, I see people say. that look like they listen to Joe Rogan yeah. at the gym. And they just, I can't with it. It's just such a, it's a strange outlook. I just think it's very, 
odd his outlook in mm. like you know if you're not drinking the blood of a deer you're not no um, that's the thing I think people that's, that's my problem with bold statements is you need to really know the know the thing you're talking about right like with Joe Rogan he that's not that's not he doesn't not. eat like deer hearts no he rips from their carcasses no he does hunt though yeah. he's a hunter right yeah but like not for like yes he, he gets some, obviously some sort of fun out of it but he, he'd rather do that than buy supermarket meat right Okay. <laughs> Which makes sense. I, I, I mean, maybe. I, you know, it's a different podcast I now. I disagree with all of it. But Are you just going to cut this whole bit? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> no, I just, I, I mean, the, the guy's just got some weird, weird views. And didn't he, did he, he didn't vote in, in the last election, didn't he? Uh, I don't know that. Weird, I, don't, I, don't I don't think John Jones has voted in the last what election. What are your favourite podcasts other than Joe Rogan? Uh, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan. <laughs> right. Uh, no, um, I, okay, I always finish one point about him. I do like him, <laughs> but I probably am a bit obsessed with him. But I've never drunk blood. But I've, No, he doesn't drink blood. <laughs> <no. laughs> um, but yeah, I just think I, I need to take it down a little bit. Right? Uh, I, I yeah. take, I'm not... I'm not I don't want to be him. You're a fanboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think he's. There's um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he has an incredible <laughs> podcast. Um, do you, is it Rick Roll? Is he on? You know, uh, do I don't actually listen to him a lot, but when he has good guests on, I do. Um, is I, it, it's Rich Roll, isn't it? Rich Roll, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm amazed Rich Roll hasn't done a Rick Roll. <laughs> he probably has. <laughs> um, and so, Gary V. No. That's it. No, I stopped listening to him a lot. Yeah, he, so I would consider him one of the bigger impacts in my, my life, but um, as in from learning, learning things right. and the way I think and attitude towards work. Um, but I don't really listen to him a lot now. I think I've just consumed too much of him. I, That's probably what's going to happen with Joe Rogan in a couple of years. It's very so, interesting. <laughs> Gary Vee is a very interesting person to us personally because I would listen to him occasionally, like YouTube videos that would come up recommended. And I kind of agree with everything he says. Yeah. However, yeah. anyone I've ever met that subscribes to his school of thought and does his courses as a complete prick um and i think he breeds macho weird he doesn't have any courses by the way well yeah he does he do that business course i thought nah. he had like a I thought different, he did. It's a different guy oh, oh maybe I think it was but gary v and but these people that we've met who've quoted gary v and been like oh gary is my hero i love yeah. gary v have always been complete assholes and i think he breeds that but I think Mentality. it's like anything. You I'm sure some of them are something. ourselves. Yeah. I'm sure it's there's lovely people that love him. Am I an arsehole? No, but you're not no. like... But you know what I mean? The flash suit wearing... Like, he doesn't woo! wear his, I think you're, just, I think you're talking about the wrong guy, to be honest. No, yeah. Gary Vee. We hear him brought up all the time. But he's, he does all that, woo, don't he? Like, yo, let me put your hands in the air if you love Gary Vee. Does he? Oh, he's, I think so. Um, he's, he seems like a weird <laughs> I think, guy. I think that sounds like Grant Cardone. That sounds like Grant Cardone, the guy I was talking to you, to you about earlier on. It might be. Yeah, but they're, they're all very strange, those people. It's very culty, I find it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, um, yeah. Different, yeah. It's all a bit odd. But I don't think that's him. I think it's people take what they want from things and make it yeah. their own. And I think we've just had a bad experience. I find, I think... But as you said about life lessons, don't ever listen to anyone that refers to themselves as a guru. Yeah, that's true. That is a fact. Yeah. That's a, a fact <laughs> like, good, of life. Good I advice. Think. Good advice. It's like I said to you the last time I did the podcast with you, don't listen to any of it. What about Dalai Lama, <laughs> though? All right, though. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah. It's like... Mm. I'm sure there's wonderful things in what he says, but it's what you're saying, don't take everything. Yeah, like, it's like saying, take everything with a pinch of salt, isn't it? So, exactly. Yeah, and you don't have to subscribe to everything someone... You can like someone and not subscribe to everything that they mm. 
believe in, like Jeff Rowley, the skateboarder, I think he's an absolute legend. He's recently turned from vegan to extreme hunter. I don't agree with that. I think it's ridiculous. And he makes knives and all this stuff, which, again, I don't agree with any of that. Yeah. I think it's completely like, weird. I like you, yeah. but you're a West Ham fan. Exactly. We all have to look at these things. Yeah. yeah. You can... You find common ground in your differences. Sure. Yeah. Nice. I got. I had a weird in, ending, yeah. didn't it? I had a weird ending. Yeah, you maybe cut out your Gary V stuff. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just <laughs> random. I'm probably just leave it all in. Just <laughs> see what happens. See what everyone comes back with. I see would if honestly I'm... be impressed if anyone has listened. This I, whole way. I think there will be. There will be a few people yeah. do. That's yeah. nice. No, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much for coming to see us. It's lovely having you here. Ah, no, no, thank you very much. Uh, where can people find you on social media and check out your your work? Uh, he Creative. Yeah, that's it. At he at Creative. Yeah. Instagram is our on Instagram. Number one most updated source. Brilliant. Yeah, and you can find everything else from there. Nice one. Link tree in it. Yep. Yeah, Link tree. Great. Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you. Put your hands up. You love Gary. <laughs> <laughs>